I love the sounds of Christmas, don't you? Yeah, the music is a, a big part of that for sure. Uh, I didn't have this music while I was decorating the tree, but I got out my trusty um, Johnny Mathis Christmas album. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. He warbles and croons in our house while I decorate the Christmas tree every year. Uh, we had this album growing up. This is not the one we had growing up, but my daughter found this one a few years ago and surprised me with it at Christmas time. And it's one of my favorite Christmas gifts ever. And so part of my tradition is got to set up a little turntable and get Johnny spinning on the turntable so I can enjoy the uh, sounds of, of Christmas. Uh, but that's not the only uh, sound. You know, music is a big part of the holiday. But um, I know it might seem a little annoying, and it used to seem annoying to me. But I love the sound of the bell ringing outside uh, Walmart or whatever, the little Salvation Army bell. Used to, I'd get out of the car, and occasionally this still happens because I very rarely have change, you know, uh, but, uh, or even cash, anything in my wallet. I'm like, oh, no, I don't have anything. Uh, but now I hear that sound, and um, it's a special sound to me, and I will share a little bit more about that later. And the sound of that change dropping in that little red bucket, it's one of the sounds of Christmas for me. Sounds like people who are coming together in goodwill to do something good for people in their own community, you know? And that's kind of repurposed that sound in my heart and in my mind. There's the sound of the oven timer going off. Yes, when I can hear it. Uh, yeah, thank you, Miley. <laughs> if I don't have my hearing devices on, we call them, uh, I can't hear the oven timer. So they're always hollering at me, timer, papa, timer, but... When the timer goes off, something good's getting ready to happen, you know? Something good's coming out of that oven, and it's, uh, it's going to be one of my favorite things about the holiday as well. So sounds play a big part in our Christmas celebration. There are also the sounds you don't want to hear at Christmas, like the doctor telling you that you have to start that low-fat, low-sugar, low-salt, low-everything-good diet now, not in January. Nobody wants to hear that in December, you know? Or your company bonus this year, they tell you, is going to be a subscription to the Pickle of the Month Club. <laughs> Great. Greg, wherever you are, don't get any ideas. Or that your not-so-favorite cousin is coming into town for two weeks, and he's already invited himself over. These are sounds you don't necessarily want to hear. And it's the sounds you don't necessarily want to hear at the holidays that probably account for why you don't hear much about this first untold Christmas story that I'm going to dig into with you today. Because some of the characters and some of the plot lines aren't exactly the feel-good material that we enjoyed during the music. Because in the beginning, Christmas didn't have all of the sentimental feel-good to it that we've picked up over the past 2,100 years or so. There was a character in the story called King Herod. Do you know him? King Herod is a nefarious dude. He, he rises to power by killing off a couple of his sons, one of his wives. He's so intent on cooperating with the occupying army in his territory so he can do whatever it takes to retain the power he has to have. He is ruthless. He is sinister. Think Hitler. Think Stalin. This is the kind of cloth that Herod is cut from. When Herod hears there's a new baby in town and some people are calling him the king of the Jews... He sent soldiers to kill all the children in Bethlehem and in all the surrounding territory who were two years old and younger, Matthew tells us. Anybody buy Christmas cards with that verse on them this year? <laughs> 
Herod was a homicidal, genocidal maniac who would go to any lengths necessary to keep his power to stay on his throne. And so for Herod, Christmas meant war. And as is always the case in war, the screams of mothers and children filled the air, and that's not exactly one of the sentimental sounds of Christmas, is it? I'll take a little more Johnny Mathis, please. <laughs> but if you want to know the untold story of Christmas, you got to tell a war story. Because Christmas isn't Christmas without a war story. And even with that setup, uh, this is really good news on this first Sunday of Advent, friends. Christmas is the story of a one-person invasion and conquest against a sinister enemy entrenched on an entire planet. Little town of Bethlehem is the beachhead for God's campaign to regain the territory lost in the cosmic battle against evil. The birth of a baby is the unlikely beginning of the end of the great war between the kingdom of love and the kingdom of darkness. Make no mistake about it, Christmas is a war story. See, when God created the world, it began free of suffering and free of pain, free of death. Humans enjoyed perfect relationships with each other and with God. Genesis says God saw everything that he had made, and it was supremely good. God's dream has always been a beautiful, good, and true dream. And then God's good world was thrust into this brutal, violent struggle against evil. One in which human beings have often been complicit. At the beginning of his public ministry, Satan, remember, was tempting Jesus. Here's what he says to Jesus. He says this, I, Satan, will give you, Jesus, this whole domain and the glory of all these kingdoms, kingdoms of the world. It's been entrusted to me, he says. I can give it to anybody I want. Jesus knew when he came to this world, he was coming to a world where the kingdom of darkness was in control. He had no, he had no doubt about that. The apostle Paul called the evil one the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I quoted the apostle Paul from a different passage where he reminds us that our enemies aren't other human beings. Remember this? He says, we aren't fighting against human enemies. We're fighting against rulers, authorities, forces of cosmic darkness, spiritual powers of evil in the heavens. Over and over, scripture describes from the beginning of the story until its conclusion that there is a battle between good and evil, and we are caught up in a war in which every single one of us is a participant. I wonder what would change today. I wonder what would change in your life, in your home, in our church, in our world, if God's people just all of a sudden had our eyes opened to the fact that there is a war playing out right now, and that we are players in this war. The birth of Jesus was similar to what happened on June 6th, 1944, when the Allied forces stormed the beaches at Normandy on D-Day. Nazi Germany had overtaken the entire uh, European mainland, which Hitler had begun calling Fortress Europe. He said that Fortress Europe was a stronghold that would never fall. The battle at Normandy involved horrific loss of life. 
So many died that day. But there was a necessary and critical beachhead established on Fortress Europe on D-Day that historians looking back say was the actual turning point of the war. From that moment forward, it was only a matter of time until Hitler was defeated and the war was won. Friends, as you head into your Christmas holiday this year, I want you to remember this good news. Christmas is the story of a one-person invasion and conquest against a sinister enemy entrenched on an entire planet. Bethlehem is the beachhead for God's campaign to regain the territory lost in the cosmic battle between good and evil. The birth of a baby is the unlikely beginning of the end of the great war between the kingdom of love and the kingdom of darkness. And that is very good news. You see, we love the sentimental side of Christmas, right? I mean, we're into all the feels. Last night, Brenda and I were sitting there with like, you know, the, the, we're watching a movie. The house is all lit up with the Christmas tree and little candles over here and smells going on and there's something coming out of the oven and you're just kind of sitting there and thinking, <sighs> just for a couple of minutes it all felt sort of good and quiet and beautiful and there's this anticipation that the next few weeks are going to be full of so much fun friends and family. We like Christmas cards that say away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. Scripture, however, says this, God's son appeared in that manger, yes, for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. <laughs> Christmas is a war story, amen? And the first Christmas was D-Day, and God was announcing in the little town of Bethlehem that the kingdom of darkness will be shut down. And he was here to see it happen. And the strategy, don't miss this part, the strategy was brilliant. It is counterintuitive. It is unlike any war strategy you have ever heard of. Now, there were people who wanted Jesus to pursue all of the conventional means, become a great political leader, become a great military leader, overthrow the Roman government, shed some blood in God's name. Except that's not why Jesus came. One of the great military commanders in history acknowledged as much. Napoleon Bonaparte said, Alexander the Great, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I myself have founded great empires. But upon what did these creations depend? Upon force. Jesus alone founded his empire upon love. And to this day, millions will die for him. Friends, Jesus came to wage war not by spilling the blood of others, but by spilling his own. He did not come to take someone else's life. He came to give his. He refused political power. He refused conquest by force. Instead, he chose the power of self-sacrificial love. And it has changed the world, and it is changing the world, and it has changed many of our lives in this room. And those of you who are online... And eventually, it will change everything. For those of you who are heitzers, a regular part of our church family, you'll recognize our big dream language. Uh, this ought to give it some fresh meaning today. Our big dream is to equip people to become an unstoppable source of God's love 
that changes the world. Notice, God's love is what changes the world. Our privilege is to get to become a source of that love in this world so that through my hands and feet and yours, Jesus shows up in greater measure. Amen? That's God's strategy in this war. Jesus becomes the casualty. Isn't that crazy? The one who comes to win the war becomes the casualty at the hands of the enemy, except that it turns out you can't kill love. And not only does he come back to life, he says, I came to give you life, to give me life. In one of our favorite scriptures in John 10, 10, he says, a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. We have a mortal enemy. In other words, he says, but I came so that you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Friends, listen to me. As we head into the Christmas season on the very first Sunday of Advent, I have good news to proclaim to you. Christmas is the story of a one-person invasion and conquest against a sinister enemy entrenched on an entire planet. Little town of Bethlehem is the beachhead for God's campaign to regain the territory lost in the cosmic battle against evil. The birth of a baby is the unlikely beginning of the end of the great war between the kingdom of love and the kingdom of darkness. Christmas is a war story. God's dream is being restored. And you and I are included in the territory that was lost, that Jesus came to regain. He comes to give us our lives back. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? I was thinking about it as I was working on this message a couple of weeks ago. And I remembered when I first felt the full weight of that awareness, what Jesus did to show me that, Brian, you are God's much-loved child. This is how far I would go for you to know that. I was in third grade. For me, it happened pretty early. I grew up, thankfully, in a home where I heard the Jesus story from my earliest days. But on that particular night in third grade, I knew the story included me. I realized in some way that I hadn't quite realized to that degree before that Jesus came to rescue me. And it was that night that I confessed to God I wanted to join him in the story, that I wanted to be part of the real and eternal life that he comes to give. Was it long after that I pledged my allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom of love publicly by being baptized? The old Brian was gone, and the, the new Brian has come. And I've never forgotten that moment. Even though I was just an elementary school child, that moment has meant everything to me in my life. It's been decades ago now. It's really hard to believe. I've won a few battles, and I've lost plenty. But I have never been more confident about the eventual outcome of this war, friends, because a beachhead was established in my little third grade heart on that particular evening all those years ago. And it was the turning point in my life. And now it's just a matter of time. Everything God has promised to me will come true. Amen? And whether or not you were thinking about this when you got here, whether or not you've ever realized this, whether or not this has been part of your anticipation of Christmas yet, friend, you too are caught up in this cosmic battle. You have an enemy, and your enemy 
is alert and ready and hell-bent on destroying you emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever, relationally, whatever your enemy can do to take from you life, your enemy will do. Think of him as ruthless and relentless as Herod slaughtering infants on that first Christmas because he was behind that too. I realize <laughs> that's not nearly as fun as Johnny Mathis. <laughs> but it's real. It may not be chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> but Christmas is a war story. And sometimes that part of the story doesn't get much attention. It goes untold. Today, I wanted you to remember, this is what's at play. This is what we anticipate. This is what's playing out even right now. And we get to remember it this Advent. And that's good news. How about you? You ever pledged your allegiance in the, in the story yet? Have you surrendered to God's love? Have you ever decided to accept that you are God's much-loved child? <laughs> even when you didn't know it, as often as you haven't deserved it, he loves you this much. He came back to include you, <laughs> for you to be part of the territory gained in this cosmic battle. Have you ever done what little elementary school Brian did? Have you ever been baptized to shout to the world, the old is gone and the new has come? I think I'm finding my place in the story. And if you haven't done any of that, Seriously, it's a privilege to ask you this question today. What in the world stopping you? God is love. He will not force himself on you. Love is freely chosen. Love is not coerced. Love something we surrender to. For those of us who've made that choice, are you becoming these days? Have you forgotten the beautiful thing you enlisted in was to become an unstoppable source of God's love in our world? To be part of pushing back the kingdom of darkness. Listen, parents, if you're raising children, Christmas is one of the most delightful times of the year with, with children. It is. A child just makes it come alive, you know. Listen to me, dad and mom. Do not forget that what you are doing is raising children who understand they are God's much-loved child. They have a place in the story. They get to surrender to God's love. And you know what the best chance is that they'll understand that? If you do. If they see it in your life. If they see you becoming that source of love. That will be more convincing to them than any Christmas story you can read them on Christmas Eve. Is to see the story coming alive in your life. Listen to me, heitzers, people who call this place home. When you, when you show up, when you invite a friend, when you serve, when you give, when, when you include yourself, when you pray for this church and our work together, this is what we're doing. We are part of the kingdom of love, pushing back the kingdom of darkness, helping our Savior regain territory lost in the battle against evil. Amen? That's what we're doing. We're playing our part in a war story. Now listen, we know how the story wraps up, don't we? 
In the end of the story, it's just a matter of time, but in the end, love wins because love always wins. But in the meantime, we have a part to play. I don't know if on that first Christmas, the cattle were lowing and the poor baby wakes, but the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I doubt it. That's knowing a few babies, that seems highly unrealistic to me. But what I do know is this. Christmas is the story of a one-person invasion and conquest against a sinister enemy entrenched on an entire planet. And little town of Bethlehem is the beachhead for God's campaign to regain the territory lost in the cosmic battle against evil. The birth of a baby is the unlikely beginning of the end of the great war between the kingdom of love and the kingdom of darkness. Christmas is a war story. Don't forget what's at stake as we anticipate the coming of our Savior this Christmas. Amen? Amen. How about we take a couple of minutes just to reflect on that before we go? Uh, would you bow your heads with me? Maybe close your eyes just so we can give this our full attention. I have to ask if this Christmas is time for you to join this growing kingdom of love. If you've never done that, maybe you would just simply whisper, good father, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to regain the lost territory that includes me. Thank you that I'm part of the rescue operation. I surrender my life to your love. For the rest of my life, I'm gonna need help I want to become an unstoppable source of your love in our world. And I'm so glad to know that I am your much-loved child. Father, I don't know who in this room or joining us online may be whispering those words for the very first time, who may have a brand new awareness of what's at stake and what the story is in which we find ourselves. But Father, I pray that today it would be real for them. That they would, they would know, Lord, somewhere deep in their heart, this is a game changer. This is a, a pivot point in my life. And Father, I pray that their lives would be full of so much more joy and peace this Christmas. So much more meaning in this beautiful holiday season. Because today they heard the good news that Christmas is a war story. And they are part of the rescue effort. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for uh, your kingdom of love. Thank you for this upside down way of winning all of us over. We're amazed. We're in awe of your goodness. Lord, let us be a source of that love in our world this Christmas. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said it.